0: There it is i'm charles holmes of the ringer music show and i'm cole Kushner from dissect and charles and i are teaming up to create last song standing a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog and for our first season we're covering kendrick lamar we're talking good kid to pimple butterfly damn mr morale the mixtapes the lucys and the features listen to last song standing on the dissect podcast feed only on spotify This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. To Ringer Dish, it's an anniversary. It's a history lesson. I am so delighted to be here with Jody Walker to talk about the Hairspray musical that came out 15 years ago. Jody, hello, Juliet. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is my
2: own, personally, probably most rewatched movie. It's this. It's really? Hairspray and Castaway. I think I'm. I'm <laughs> not a big. I know. I know those are random. But like, I'm just not a big movie rewatcher. But I think I can, this can, it always
0: comes right back to me, can pop it right in. It's so good. Sometimes I'll just be walking down the street and I'm like, you know what I need to listen to right now? It's the Hairspray soundtrack. (laughs) I mean, I really, I love this musical movie. It was a revelation when it came out in 2007. I distinctly recall seeing it in theaters. I think I saw it twice. Do you remember where you were when you saw it? I don't remember where I was, but I remember the response that I
2: had to it because I had never heard it. Well, I had heard the name, but like, you know, I was in Texas. I had not seen this play on Broadway. Did you see it when it was in production?
0: No, I had just seen the original John Waters movie. And like, I grew up on that movie. I I had seen it like so many times, um, but I wasn't familiar with the musical at all. So I'd never seen the John Waters movie until
2: after I saw the 2007 Hairspray and I was like, "Whoa, this is different. <laughs> this is different." <laughs> but both great. So I don't remember where I was when I saw it, but I remember like you said, like it was a revelation to me. The moment I heard Good Morning Baltimore, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be an incredible experience." That song is so great. The staging of it is so great when she's riding on the garbage truck to school it's just it's so good I think it's one of the best musical movie adaptations we have
0: I, I think so too I mean one of the reasons why I think it was so well adapted is because the original and every iteration of Hairspray relies so heavily on camp and and sort of absurdism as well that it also like is it packages like some really important themes. But I think because of that, there's no like suspension of disbelief to be like, yeah, okay. Like with the new West side story, which I really loved. And obviously I love West side story, but it's sort of like, you know, you have to accept this is like a, a, both a realistic, like a hyper-realistic and also like a totally unrealistic (laughs) version of New York. Whereas with all of the, with the entire Hairspray universe, it's so silly and campy from the beginning, that's very easy to just, like, accept, like, this as it, as it is. And there's no, like, well, what about this kind of monologue. It sometimes happens, I think, especially with movie musicals for whatever reason. It's less when you're on stage, when they're on stage, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I mean, I do think that, like, looking back on it, there are some problematic white savior issues with the story of Hairspray that you, like, you kind of do have to take on. But the way that they sort of adapted camp from the John Waters movie to this movie and made it something so different and colorful and it it feels like you're watching a broadway play but they really bring it to life and then of course like we'll
0: talk about the cast is wildly stacked unbelievable yeah that's what so that's what we're going to do and i want to take a page from the rewatchables book one of the categories uh in rewatchables is who won the movie so I made a ranking, and we will go through it in reverse order. And Jody, I, I want your thoughts on, on my ranking. Plus, I think as we go through each person, we'll talk about some of their highlights from the movie, where they were when this movie came out, and where they went after. And, you know, just we, weave our way through. It really is such an incredible, incredible cast. I mean, the headliners are unreal, but for, for starters, here are some people who I refuse to rank. I'm just like, their roles are not big enough, and they are so... Just too big to even be in this list. And here, those there are three people. Are you ready? Okay, Christopher Walken. I'm just like, he's great, but have you watched The Outlaws on Amazon Prime? I have not. I'm like the only person I know who's watched it, but I <laughs> fucking loved it. It's a Stephen Merchant show and really weirdly, Christopher Walken also has like a small role in that. Small but impactful. Oh, and I just yeah. feel like We just can't even, like, evaluate this in in the Christopher Walken canon. I mean, you know, like, I don't... to say he won or lost the movie is to totally not understand what Christopher Walken is doing with his life. So I was just like, I, nah.
2: I totally agree, Juliet. Like, I knew that you were making the ranking and that my role was to maybe tear it to shreds. We'll just have to see. <laughs> but I was like kind of trying to think of mine in my head and I kept forgetting to put him in. And it, it he's it's like he's, um you know, like in a TV show or they, I guess they do it in movies too when they roll the credits. And then the very last credit is like, and Christopher Walken. Like yeah. that's his role in this. He's he's like the wonky adult in the room.
0: Yeah. And he plays Tracy Turnblad's father. He has the like gags, like the like the Toy Store shop, which is really like more of like a joke store. But yeah, you know, I just always think of the Whoopee Cushion. But he is great. And Christopher Walken, of course, is a great dancer. And his his main scene is with uh Edna Turnblad played by John Travolta. Obviously, much more to come on that. And uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they have a number together. You're timeless to me and it's it's a delight, but it's just like an aberration. He's barely in the movie, though we love him. Okay. Who else can you not rank? Jerry Stiller. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jerry Stiller's the shop owner. He's great. We love Ben great Stiller's cameo. father. We love Mr. Costanza, but like, yeah, that's, that's just, that's it. You know, again, like this is not what Jerry, this is not a pantheon Jerry Stiller moment, if you ask me. No, because the Pantheon is so
2: big, but seeing yeah. him in that role is wonderful, but it's definitely too small of a role. I'm incredibly thankful for the designs that Mr. Pinky ultimately <laughs> provides to Tracy and Edna because the fashions are incredible. I mean, eat your heart out, Bachelorette, with these sequins. Uh, oh but I agree, God, hard to rank.
0: And finally, our third will not rank is Allison Jenny, who is borderline. But again, Allison Janney is like such a, um, her very textured and impressive career is like cannot be boiled down to uh, playing the mom of Britney, excuse me, of Amanda Bynes. So I was just like, I love you. She's good in this movie, but that's as far as I can go. You know, she plays Penny's mother, so. Right, and that these three wildly famous, actors
2: are just like, mm, we're just going to have to cast them to the wayside is is really saying something <laughs> about this cast. But that's what's so great about the cast is I think it kind of boils down to two categories who will ultimately fill out our rankings. One are incredibly famous actors who are still considered underrated. Yeah. Like, I think you can point to a lot of people in this movie and be like, look at them in Hairspray. They're incredible. They're like they can never receive high enough praise, and the other one is complete unknowns who have sort of remained unknowns but are so
0: talented, yeah. And that was one of the things that I was that really struck me when I was thinking about the movie and putting together this list is like if you had asked me in 2007, in August 2007, if Elijah Kelly was going to be a huge star. I would have been like, no doubt. He's amazing. He's destined for such more to come. I really thought this was going to be like a turning point for many of the young people in this movie. And honestly, I'm disappointed it wasn't. I love Elijah Kelly. I
2: do too. And I mean, just putting it all on the table, the sexual awakening that Penny has when (laughs) she experiences... Seaweed was, like, pretty similar to my experience of watching Hairspray. I I remember leaving it and being marveled by him. Like, just so agree. Good. Like, in 2007, would have said he's, you know, going to be all over Broadway. And that's not to, like, discredit the things that he's done that we'll talk about, but— I, when, as a teenager, I thought he ran away with the movie. I think now when I rewatch it as an adult, I think more about the adults in the movie Mm -hmm. and the adults' careers, but he was completely the standout to me as a younger person.
0: Yeah, he was, he was really incredible. And, um, it was just like such an incredible performance. We'll, we'll come back to him. But in general, it did take just a bunch of people who are like kind of famous or extremely famous, and just give you like a, a great 100 minutes with them. And with that, Jody, I would like to get into my rankings. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, who won the movie? On the rewatchables, you go through all these categories and you can sort of, you know, meander your way to figuring out like who was the most important person in the film. With Hairspray, it's more, I think it's a little bit more complicated than just that. Because with a musical, you have to account for their triple threatness the role they had. And I think in our case here on Ringer Dish, what happened to their career afterwards? Because if we're saying this was like an inflection point and like, you know, should have had more Elijah Kelly, we didn't, I'm not sure I can say he won the movie. Spoiler alert. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. Anything I'm forgetting in terms of factors? Right. I think
2: it's important to remember that the topic at hand is not who stole the movie, but (laughs) who won the movie. Because there are a lot of like, runaway performances in this that are unreal, but you do have to take into account what they did before, how they came, arrived at the seminal film Hairspray and how they left and what they went on to do with their career.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're aligned. Then I'm really glad for, I'm really looking forward to your, um, response because you approach us in the same way that I did. So
2: and we like clearly have like a lot of deep feelings about it.
0: And also I would say you and I often disagree on things. which is great. It's the spice <laughs> of life. It's really the spice of a podcast. So at number nine, the bottom of my list under the three tied for 10, not, not ranked Amanda Bynes. She plays Penny and I put her last. I would say of the younger generation of people who are in this movie, which is Amanda Bynes, Zac Efron, Brittany Snow, Nikki Blonsky, Elijah Kelly. I would say Amanda Bynes was arguably the most well-known to our age group in the year 2007. So she was like, you know, she'd been on all that. She was doing a lot. And while I think that Penny is also one of the worst roles, I think she could have done more with it. But she just like really wasn't that good. Oh, see, I think she's good
2: in it. I think she's really good in it. I, I, I think she's doing something sort of different. And I remember when she was cast in it at the time. I mean, in 2007, Amanda Bynes was a star. Yeah, she had I mean, already been in She's the Man. She'd been in What a Girl Wants. She'd, you know, of course done like her childhood, all that acting. Yeah, She was so incredibly well-known, To see her cast in kind of like, you know, the friend role, the side part, which especially in the movie is quite a small part. I mean, I think she says maybe 12 lines throughout. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of like swaying and sort of like thrusting towards seaweed. And like, that's, that's about it. And then, I mean, she has some really funny lines. I think her first line is the movie in the movie is, uh. My mom says I'm not allowed to perspire. And I
0: do think she's really funny. Um, she is funny. Also, I, I would say, like, I think the, the role in the musical was, was um, trimmed down from what the role is in the original John Waters movie. I think the friend has a bigger role in that. And also... It's, like, inherent in the Penny role that she's kind of, like, a little gangly and a little bit awkward compared to, like, the, the dancing prowess of Tracy. So, like, that is intentional, and I did think Amanda Bynes, like, her physical comedy in it was really good. But, yeah, yeah she she was a huge star. Like, not only did she have all that, and, and she's the man, and the movie with Colin What, Firth, what a girl wants. What a girl wants. <laughs> classic, Which classic was, rom-com. <laughs> she had the Amanda show. Like, she was kind of, like, she yeah. was really... She was going straight up. And this was just sort of seemed like a fun thing for her to do. And then shortly thereafter, you know, I think we became, we became aware that her mental health was in a pretty precarious state. And honestly, almost like since this movie, it has been um, a pretty tumultuous road for Amanda Bynes. So it's just a whole thing is sad.
2: It is. It is sad. And like I said You know, seeing her in that side role was like a little curious. Although I will say when this movie, when Hairspray was adapted as a live performance on NBC Mm -hmm. like they do from time to time, Ariana Grande (laughs) played Penny, who was also incredibly famous (laughs) when they did that in 2016. So it's almost like a signature of the part now. Although Ariana Grande has gone on to continue to become more and more famous Amanda Bynes, after this, I think only did easy A, which was, once again, you know, kind of a side part. And then, like you said, we found out that things were not going well with her mental health and just went through a lot of troubled times after that. I will say she's not under her conservatorship anymore. Yeah. Um I think she just got but married. But did she get married? I knew I she, she was, have, if I recall
0: correctly. I knew correctly. she was
2: Yeah. yeah she was- all that considered— I could agree with nine. Okay.
0: Wow. Off to a great start. <laughs> similar, similar lane. Number eight, Zach Efron, who I think is very good in this movie as Link Larkin, the, the kind of like hot guy that Tracy's after, who one of the absolute funniest moments in the movie is when Zac Efron's in detention and he's trying to like be cool <laughs> and dance well with the cool kids in detention and with the black kids. And they like totally rebuff him. And he's like, oh no, that's not it. Okay. It was sort of like a night at the Roxbury moment for Zach Efron. And it was so well done. And he's he's great in this movie. But again, this is after high school musical has come out. Like Zach Efron is a heartthrob, mega famous. Everyone knows him.
2: <laughs> I don't I might quibble with that because I mean, I think after high school musical came out, like every teenager knew him or young person, but he was not. He still hadn't done, like, I don't know, 17 again, which I feel like is what sort of launched his career somewhere. But (laughs) I love that you... (laughs) That movie is great. He's so good in 17 again. That's what I I think. I think that Zac Efron has a certain charm that has very rarely been utilized well. And I think that charm shows up in Seventeen again, and I think it shows up in Neighbors. And he's, I I really think he's almost like a better character actor, a more interesting character actor than he is like a heartthrob.
0: Yeah, he, uh, (laughs) he's so good at Neighbors. What a great movie. Zachary Brown's another one who, you know, I think all of the cliches of being a child star are, you know, they come from a, a place that is real. And I do think being a child star and being that, like, lusted after is really hard. And I think that, like, mm. also very often with actors, when you're, when you're that attractive, um, they, like, thrust you into roles that maybe you shouldn't be in. Like, if it's like the Brad Pitt, right? Where, like, Brad Pitt was able to navigate for, like, the last, like, 20 years of his career, but not the beginning of it. Like, just being an incredibly talented character actor, essentially. Um, yeah. And I feel like if Zac Efron can, like, get into that phase, you're you're totally right. Like, he he's better as not, like, the eye candy or whatever. I mean, I think the fact that Baywatch is so horrible is, um, that happens <laughs> for many reasons, but that's part of the Zac Efron of it all. But I guess the reason I have him so low is because even though, this was such a big movie, and he was so good in it. Um, it didn't really like do anything for him. Plus, he hasn't really gone back to musicals since, and I really wish he would.
2: I mean, he did the Greatest Showman.
0: Mm,
2: that's I, am not I part. Of, I'm not part
0: of that whole cult. <laughs> You're not on that subreddit. Well, it's a whole world that I mean Zendaya was in that movie too, right? Like and yeah. Hugh Jackman. Like those are th- yes. those are Hugh Jackman and Zendaya. Are like Zendaya, excuse me, are really popular. Um, yeah. and obviously that soundtrack like went on to have a monstrous life, but yeah, like I just am not a part of that. I think people forget that he's in that movie. I'm also not a part of, if there's a world,
2: <laughs> I, I kind of didn't know there was until I you said that, it. I, I'm not part honestly, of it. Honestly,
0: The music is so popular. There's like it is. multiple versions of each one. Yeah. I think like, you know, in, in the distant past pre COVID, there would be like soul cycle rides that were like greatest showman rides. Like, wow. Totally Oof. nuts exercising yeah, to show tunes. <laughs> I know, but he's he's done a lot since Hairspray and we only can point to one musical. He should do more. He should. He's good. I think
2: in this role, the reason that I would keep him, I'd maybe have him a step higher, but I agree with him being lower because this is basically... Troy Bolton, his high school musical character in 1960s Baltimore. Like, it's a very similar thing to what we'd already seen him do. So it didn't exactly, like, grow his resume or his repertoire. Although he is incredibly cute in it. His eyes are as blue as they've ever been in it. Like, he definitely plays the Link role perfectly, I think. Yeah. He, he totally fills it out. It's just not, like, the most interesting character.
0: Yeah. He he just, yeah, there's not a ton to work with. And and uh I don't think he took this success to heart because he only did the greatest showman. Moving on, number seven Michelle Pfeiffer, who I just have to say is one of Bill Simmons' favorite actresses. She plays the villain of the movie, one of two. Uh she's the mother villain. And <laughs> Man is she a bitch in this movie. <laughs> As Bill Von is Tussle. Awful. Or Racist and uh weightist and just all all of the bad things. She gets one of the worst songs. I, I would say the worst song in the movie musical. And that doesn't help either. I would just put her above the other two because you know, when Michelle Pfeiffer decides to do a movie now, like and this has been true for the last 20 years, it's like kind of a big deal. Like she's just she doesn't have to and doesn't choose to work that much. And so I thought her presence was more meaningful than the other two, but um not a ton ton to say.
2: Yeah, I think she's bringing star power to the whole situation. And in 2007, that was probably pretty vital, especially considering that the main character played by Nikki Blonsky was like a a total newcomer. So to have Michelle Pfeiffer in it, and I I love looking at her. I mean, she's like in the role. You know, her hair is just outrageously large. She's so beautiful and she is good in the role. But yeah, Miss Baltimore Krabs is... Kind kind, kind of a tough listen, but (laughs) like I'm with Bill. I love her so much. Just the other day, I was like, I'm going to watch What Lies Beneath late at (laughs) night at home for no reason. And and it was great. I just I just wanted to see her like I just I wanted to see her in that movie. And so seeing her again in Hairspray is always good. But I agree, Juliet. we are on the same page. Wow,
0: this is great. All right. I think things get a little (laughs) little diceier.
2: We're going to fight
0: in the top three. <laughs> Number six. I wanted this person to go higher because I love him, but I just couldn't justify it given who else is left. James Marsden. It's Corny Collins. Okay,
2: so we're going to fight. So we are going to fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I love James Marsden. He's, this is probably, I think this is his best performance ever, but I don't know. There were other people I could, I just couldn't put him above the remaining five. He might—he's
2: in my top two. I think that he is revelatory in this role. I think, like, (laughs) that this role as Corny Collins, like, shows what James Marsden can do, which is a lot, including plaster a smile on his face for basically two hours and give that smile, like, dynamics— and definition. I I was thinking about him earlier when you were talking about like when you're, you know, as good looking as Zac Efron or like Brad Pitt, that can kind of make navigating, you know, what kinds of roles. And I think that James Marsden often falls into this. I think that Hairspray was like a really important moment in his career because before this he'd been in like X-Men and The Notebook and he's always playing like men who lose the girl. Like, like mm. it's always like he's the, you know, he's not Ryan Gosling. He's not Wolverine. Um, and then after this, I think I think he's underrated. Like, uh, you know, I think a lot of people say that. There's always some viral Twitter thread talking about how underrated <laughs> James Marsden is because it's true.
0: I've heard he's a really nice guy too. Like I have a friend who used to be part of, like work at um, his PR agency who or was a while ago and just said he was like a great dude. And right. really, like friendly and normal, and like very family oriented. So,
2: yeah. So, I like to tell myself that the reason he is not like a, I, I think he's an A lister, but the reason he's not like <laughs> Jody, a,
0: he is not an A lister.
2: Juliet, he <laughs> is.
0: Everyone knows who he is. I know, but like he, he's not in the last he's thirty not, minutes of an Oscars red carpet show. Like he is not an A lister. He's like probably in like minute okay. one of two of the of the two hours. He's not a movie star A-lister, but he's very famous. Is he?
1: I don't I know. Think
0: so. <laughs> we're going to need to poll our colleagues, because I honestly, I would have said maybe like a while ago, but he hasn't had like a huge moment really in a few years. I guess he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but even so, he was like barely in that I think he was actually cut out he's only in the um, director's cut he's on really great, it, great in Dead to Me
2: on Netflix mm, I love Dead to Me he yeah. plays multiple roles and so I was gonna like I like to think that because that. he's such a nice mm-hmm. because he's such a nice guy <laughs> and because he's a family man like this is the career he's chosen for himself which is like dynamic and interesting but not necessarily in the last 30 minutes of the Oscars
0: was was that the was that yeah, the that's what I said? line like the in the sand person. That we were Red drawing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, I also yeah. forgot he was on Westworld, by the way, which is a mo- which is yeah. a show that I slogged through. Um, I didn't watch this most, most recent season. I know that you did, right?
2: I am watching this most recent season. He's I back, wrote isn't about it? the first three seasons. He is back. And what I like about his role in Westworld, which is always like changing and morphing, but that they kind of play on that early side of his career where he's this like, you know, kind of like knight in shining armor, but, like, maybe a little empty-headed upstairs sort of role. I just think he's so great in
0: Hairspray, and I don't think anyone else could have made that role that good. Okay. Okay. I just, I don't know. I, th- I like, I thought he was fantastic in it, and I would just say, like, his filmography is, like, honestly pretty amazing. I just, he is really underrated. I, I agree with that, but... I mean, he's coming around. I I just can't put him higher in terms of this movie specifically, but like just going through his movies, I'm just like, first of all, he's so many credits, like just in a fire, some, some off X-Men. Great movie. Sugar and Spice. Great movie. Zoolander X 2 the notebook. Superman returns more X-Men enchanted hairspray. 27 dresses. (laughs) I mean, I'm not even in the 2010s yet. It's like pretty incredible. He's had it it. I mean
2: he is a he is a lifelong actor. He's I was great. watching him in some show on like the WB in like 2002. Wow. It was called like Noah's Ark or Noah's something. Um It was called
0: Second Noah. Second Noah. <laughs> there were there were animals involved.
2: <laughs> um, I didn't watch
0: that. I feel like he should have dated Felicity or something like that. Um <sighs> But I don't know. He, he's great. I just don't think he should be higher. But that's, you know, agree to disagree. We both love him. We just view his impact in this film differently. Yes. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24 seven access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
0: Next, number five, the aforementioned Elijah Kelly. He's so good in this movie. He's a great dancer. I love when he sings. He's a nice older brother. I just don't understand why he didn't become like a megastar like on Broadway or something.
2: I do not understand. I I think he is so dreamy in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like he is doing the interesting thing that Zach Efron is not doing. And that's not, you know, maybe, maybe Zach Efron, maybe Link isn't like given as much opportunity, but like I said about James Mars, and it's like, I can't imagine anyone else in this role as Seaweed because Elijah Kelly is so charming and he's such a good dancer and such a good singer that... I think there's like a world where that character doesn't necessarily stand out
0: that much. And he's just, he just brings it to life. Yeah, he's, he's so good. And I just want to note, this was around the same time, the following summer is 2008. Do you remember the um, Miley and Manders fight with John M. Chu? and Adam Savani. It was, it was Miley Cyrus and her best friend at the time whose name was Mandy. And they had like a YouTube show where they like ate ice cream together in bed or whatever. And they got into like a dance battle fight with John M. Chu and Adam Savani from the Step Up movies. And there was an incredible video that um, featured like all these cameos of people dancing. And one of the cameos because Hairspray was so big was Brittany Snow, Amanda Bynes, and Elijah Kelly together doing like a little like Dance break in this video. And it was like wow. To me, that's one of his biggest accomplishments because that video made a huge impact on me 14 years Co- ago. Yeah,
2: you have like uncovered some piece <laughs> of pop culture that I and you were like saying some names. I was like, I don't even know what's happening. And that very rarely happens to me, Juliet. <laughs> So no, but I'm gonna of, look
0: into that now. She's lived a lot of celebrity life, like a lot. She she really has her, her her career has taken
2: some twists and turns. I will say that Elijah Kelly was really great in the Wiz Live. Mm, yeah, um, these uh, these live NBC and Fox performances have done so much to bring our musical movie actors
0: back into our lives. I'm trying to think um, of what I think is the best one that they've done. Well, it's definitely Greece. The Gre- Grease live was I've actually thought like legitimately really good. That was with Aaron Tveit and Vanessa Hudgens. Mhm. That was really good. Oh my good. gosh.
2: Sometimes if I want to cry, I just go watch Vanessa Hudgens perform um oh now the song just went out of my head, but in Greece, her her father had just passed away like right before they oh, went on stage. I remember And that, so actually. it's, like, extra emotional when she's performing as Rizzo. And so when you want to cry, anyone out there, I would also recommend that you watch <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens perform in Grease Live.
0: Uh, Grease Live forever. Uh, I'm an Aaron debate fan, too. Um, all right, next. I just mentioned her. Britney Snow. She's number four. When I saw this movie, I was just like, why do I not have more Britney Snow in my life? Like, I don't get it. And she did take a page out of this. She then went on to be in the Pitch Perfect movies, did a lot of singing in the future. I thought she did a great job as Amber Von Tussle, Michelle Pfeiffer's daughter. And like, I just love Britney Snow. Like, I just think she seems like such a great, fun hang. And she's really good in this. And, and like, kind of thankless role. Here's what I'll agree with. She's, I love Brittany Snow. She, I think she is like,
2: always a welcome addition to any movie. And I think in her more recent career, she's started to make a lot of interesting choices. I think in Hairspray, she's completely playing to type. Like Mm -hmm. she is playing a Brittany Snow role and she's doing it really well. But I don't think that this like, I mean, maybe it gets her towards pitch perfect, but then that's also just like really in her wheelhouse. There's no world where Brittany Snow wins this movie more than
0: James Marsden. To me, no world. <laughs> I think you're not in the Brittany Snow hive. I haven't done a good enough job explaining how great she is. No, you I Dreams? really
2: love her. I, I did not too. watch American
0: Dreams, but I know that she's great. She is great. I like. I also loved when she became a redhead in Pitch Perfect. Great movie. Yeah. I love Brittany Snow. Great I don't moves. know. I just I just think she's great. I feel like I started taking her seriously ish as a result of this movie. Oh, interesting. Okay, personal anecdote. Yeah,
2: I I I take her seriously. I just think that when I watched her, I was like, yeah, that's Brittany Snow, like <laughs> acting like a stuck-up jerk, and and you know, just like a just a blonde, like just kind of a blonde mean girl, and that makes sense. But it was not sort of, like, revelatory to me, this performance. Okay, all right,
0: fair enough. Next, number three. Nikki Blonsky, Tracy Turnblad herself. Nikki Blonsky was unknown. She went to open auditions, and she was cast in this role. I thought she was very good, and it's basically all been downhill since then, and she's, like, continuing to dine out on having been in this one movie. Um... (laughs) She must suck in real life. When when there are people like this who are clearly so talented, but like it just doesn't really happen for them. I'm just like, oh, they must be really unpleasant or like people don't like them because there's kind of like no other explanation because she's really good in this movie and like excellent singing, very charming. Like my favorite line in one of the best songs is when she and her mom are singing um, Welcome to the 60s in oh, uh, The Street. Song. Yeah, it's so good. And there's sort of like a a, a small call and response moment (laughs) and she just like nails it. And she's just excellent.
2: Yeah. I had the same thought. I I think I would also place her at number three. Something that this has made me realize is who's in your top two. And I'm just very worried for what's up ahead, but, um, (laughs) sticking with Nikki Blonsky for now. (laughs) I also had the thought when I was thinking about this, like, God, is she, is she terrible? Because, like, what is the explanation for her not— No, see, I don't think that about Elijah Kelly. It's, like, very hard for my mind to go there with him. But with Nikki Blonsky, it's like, why has she not been on Broadway more? Like, why has she not— I did watch a show that she was in called Huge on ABC Family. Mm, um, I never watched which, that. How was that? Um, it, it was very ABC Family-ish, but I enjoyed it. It also had— uh, Someone's daughter, Hulk Hogan's daughter, huh? Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't it, it actually had a lot of people who have like conti- have gone on to do a lot of things. Nikki Blonsky not it be one ha- of them. It had Haley Hasselhoff, the daughter of
0: yes, Don't daughter Hasselba David Hoff. Hasselhoff. That's right. Um, <laughs> Second gonna watch adjacent in this uh, in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's a sticking point of culture. Something that is fun about Nikki Blonsky is that like. Despite not being a star, she is kind of an icon. Like, the way that she continues to, like, matriculate throughout culture. And, of course, the classic, Hi, I'm Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray is, like, (laughs) just one of my favorite memes. If Do you know what I'm talking about, Juliet? Hi, I'm Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray. Okay, if anyone listening doesn't know, just Google that phrase, Hi, I'm Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray. And you will find... Upwards of hundreds of tweets of Nikki Blonsky just cold tweeting celebrities, celebrities of all levels, A list, B list, C list, D list. Also, her co stars, former co stars of the movie Hairspray, and she will tag them and then say, "Hi, it's Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray. You were so great in Law and Order SVU last night, Allison Janney, or like whatever." It's just, it's, it's so funny. and then she's also known for doing really cheap cameos. yeah so she's just like available
0: totally. And I think she's she's had some um surprising jobs along the way and I think she's like partially done it because it's surprising. Like I remember at one point she was working at Coldstone Creamery um yes and you know, shout out to that. I support it. But I feel like she did it because it was like so un- unexpected for someone Her who, who's life. also tweeting. I'm Nikki, Hi, it's Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray. Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray. Yeah.
2: Her life is a camp performance. Like, that's why she's kind of, she's like iconic and just, I don't know, kind of this pinnacle of culture is because she is just always up to something. Yeah. And, yeah. and just kind of a, <laughs> have you ever seen the video of her? She's at some sort of like Comic-Con situation. She's in West Virginia and she's recording this elated video of her hotel room in West Virginia. And it is the most like best Western. I mean, it is not a nice hotel room. It is a very middle of the road hotel room. And she's filming the hotel room, like in the dark and going on and on about how wonderful it is. She's a performance artist. She's not really an actor. She's a performance artist. And this was her first work of art was hairspray.
0: I was just gonna say, like maybe this is just one really long performance, and we'll find out in the future. She's been taping all of this behind the scenes. Who knows? It is, it is. all right, Jody. Number two, Queen Latifah,
2: Juliet. I cannot <laughs> believe you're number one. Oh my god! <laughs> I really try hard to stay focused here. We'll come back to it. Okay. Okay. Yes, Queen Latifah's in my top two, no doubt about it.
0: <laughs> so you'd put her number. Am, oh, so she and James I, Marsden are one and, and two She and James
2: Marsden would be my one and two. I since I don't have to declare, I won't. Um, because I am such a stan of both of them, I, I think she, Queen Latifah I love, is. I love her too. So talented. Yes, like she's amazing. She is one of the most multi hyphenate stars that. We have. And what's crazy is like, I mean, she's, I think she's kind of like we were saying about Michelle Pfeiffer is like, if Queen Latifah's in this, like that's a draw. She was yeah. so famous. She had done so many things, been in so many different genres of movies. But I just remember watching it and every time I rewatch it, like marveling at her voice and, and Amazing. how talented yeah. she is.
0: That I know is- where I've been makes me cry every time. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say too. Like that scene is the most beautiful song of the movie. She has the perfect gravitas for it. She is warm and congenial and formidable. Like she's just everything. I I love Queen Latifah as well. She's so good in this movie sure like her usage rate is low but her per is really high like sorry <laughs> for, sorry for the basketball terms but like she's even a- though i don't know what a few of those letters
2: mean i know exactly what you mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> she does so much with with not a huge role and she's just an in- incredible part of it i i'm like just absolutely love her in this movie I also love her as a blonde. Yeah. She's
2: so beautiful, always. But, like, in this movie, she's so great to look at. All of her caftans and even when she's singing, um, I know where I've been, and she's walking through the street, she's wearing, like, a turtleneck under a caftan. It's just so classy. It's like, it's I so want to dress like that all the time.
0: Yeah, it's seriously so good. I also just, like, there's so many uh, movies and TV shows you could point to. It's just, like... Point out how amazing she is, like, you know, from set it off to living single to like just like so many things. Like, she's just amazing. And then here she is in, in this movie and she's the best. Which brings us to number one. I think <laughs> John Travolta wins this movie. And I actually am really surprised you don't think that. Do you think he's bad?
2: No, Are you but I by think. His
0: performance?
2: I'm somewhat offended by his casting given that okay. he is. Not in any way an ally towards That's true. the That's LGBTQ true. community and is playing a part that was originated by Divine, an iconic drag performer. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard, I I do think the performance is quite something. Please. Like I can
0: definitely agree with that. He, and for that the, reason, the I have to put him in my top five, maybe my top four. But that's—I think you make some very good points. I hadn't—I hadn't really <laughs> thought—I hadn't thought about it that way. But I do think the performance is amazing, and I remember at the time reading about how like he would break into like Greece just on like in between takes on set, and like it's kind of wild to me to think about Danny Rizzo being at Edna Turnblad, and so. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like such a, like a wild part of the movie, but you're completely right. He is in no way an ally of the LGBTQ community, which I think sort of gets to your point very early on about the movie. Like, there are some real problematic aspects of it, like to play so heavily in camp, but not really have like um, a formal connection to the LGBTQ community that like it, that this was a part of from the beginning, and also like the white savior aspects of it. Um, you know, it really foregrounds the white characters as like the being the reason for integration on the Corny Collins show. And so, you know, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> the amount of times that this movie is like,
2: like Tracy Turnbull just ended racism is is really <laughs> unbelievable. And and I mean, like that it all starts with her. Basically, I, I mean. Seaweed tells her she can, but the the whole trajectory of the movie starts with her stealing a dance move yeah. that she learned from her Black classmates, putting it on camera, and then becoming a star. And that's like... That's like a narrative of TikTok. You know what I mean? That is yeah. like such a classic sort of like trope. One of the worst tropes definition. of society.
0: It's a definition of cultural appropriation that has sort yes. of been the engine of popular music um, since it's existed in the United States. Exactly. So. It's like stealing rock and roll from Black culture. Seriously, and the so Beatles did that. Like you know. I know it's like, yeah. it's,
2: it's pretty wild. You know, I'm I obviously maintain. Some level of separation from that, and I, th- I, I do think that like you, we're fifteen years out from this movie, and that is pretty widely acknowledged yeah. that that is like a problematic element to the fundamental story of Hairspray. I think there's something about it being so camp that makes you kind of be able to like hold these two truths yeah. at once.
0: Yes, I agree. And the
2: same goes, I think, for John Travolta. And I wondered as we, even before <laughs> I started to verbally and audibly realize what, live on air where we were headed is when I was thinking about my list, I was like, would everyone say John Travolta? But I just, my mind can't go there with him. And okay, one thing that I do think is is flawed about your number one ranking is what did he go on to do after this? This is mm-hmm. like- he had a crazy huge career. It dropped off. He did Hairspray and it was this like, you know, like you said, like it's cool to suddenly see him singing and dancing again and in such a bizarre way. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. And then, I mean, he was in, um, what is the uh, American Crime Story? And mm. he's doing another heavily made up performance, he seems to find some sort of kind of like, I don't know, safety or something in that now doing like an extreme character. But, you know, other than calling Idina Menzel the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem, Dazeem. (laughs) Dazeem. that is like what he's been known for. And then, and then for years, like, and then petting her face two years later like that's what he's been known for for so long so
0: i'll also also just add in he was accused of sexual assault which then was dismissed but that came up there's been a lot of tragedy in john travolta's life his son died his wife died you know kelly preston is a rewatchables legend obviously you know i think i think that's a good point but on the flip side like how wild to come back and make this, you know, your next musical, basically, after he's moved away from it. Also, you know, he's a famously amazing dancer based on Grease, Saturday Night Fever, Pulp Fiction. And he's, and he, as Edna, is an amazing dancer. Again, it's really
2: unreal, like watching him wiggle around as Edna is,
0: I mean, it's a lot, it's
2: a lot of fun. I just.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the 60s is, is, not my favorite song, probably my favorite number of the movie. Like I just think it's like it's a really so well fun. choreographed. And the moment before that I was thinking of is when he says, "Your mom is hip." Your mom is in, she's looking at herself and wondering where have you been. And Nikki Blonsky's like, "Where have you been?" And <laughs> I just like love that moment. And I I just think his performance is so scene stealing. I'm glad he's not in very many scenes with with Queen Latifah, so that she can steal the ones that she's in. And mm-hmm. I just think he's he's a great musical performer
2: whose career was not positively (laughs) impacted by this role. (laughs) It's the last last thing I'll
0: say. It's the last thing I'll say. (laughs) That's fair. But I just think that no one else is better in their role than John Travolta is than his. I'm sorry.
2: Mmm. Mmm. I— I just think so many people are so good in this that it's they really are. it's it's really hard to say. No one has as big of a hill to climb as he does in yeah. this role of wearing fifty pounds worth of prosthetics and uh, and really really going
0: for that Baltimore accent. Excuse me, Baltimore accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, can RuPaul sing? I feel like RuPaul would be my dream casting going forward for Edna Turnblad.
2: Now that would offer some interesting dynamics to what we have already said is kind of a complicated story about race. But
0: I was just thinking I, about like how to reintegrate drag to, in in like a, a fun and meaningful way. I mean, maybe it's not RuPaul, but like you know, I I do think your point about like this being such an important part of drag culture um is like really noteworthy. That obviously the the racial issues are, you know, written into the script, so it's pretty hard to get past that, but just kind of like taking the the drag piece of it, that wasn't, you know, with Divine, it was such like a, a big deal, and I think that's like why my mom had me watch this movie when I was a little kid, the original, so. I think that's, that's a good so point. great that you watched it so young. I, I was
2: never, I wasn't exposed to Divine until college, until I studied um some of those films, like in class. um So, Good for your mom for starting you off with a real, (laughs) real varied
0: artistic palette. Um, Jody. this has been a delight. Did we forget to talk about anything major related to this movie? It's it's all passion, you know? I I think it's just,
2: I think people really love this movie and it's, I'd like to think harder and study more about why it is such a good adaptation because we know from a lot of things, it is hard to adapt Broadway shows to the screen in a way that both value like the original sort of over the topness of doing something on stage, but also give you a movie that doesn't just look like it was filmed on a stage or that isn't overly
0: complicated in its direction. As a Little Shop of Horror fan, Little Shop of Horrors fan, which is also super campy, I do think the camp is a big piece of it. Like, it's almost essential. So Horror
2: Picture Show?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Adam
2: Shankman directed and choreographed this movie. And while I was looking at his IMDb page, I saw that he is directing the disenchanted the disenchantment the the second enchanted movie which will have my boyfriend james marsden in it so (laughs) obviously i'll be there
0: (laughs) i'm so happy for you Um, thank you so much thank you to kai McMullen for producing this episode thank you jody for your thoughtful and very fair critiques more ringer dish to come as always